Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded usually live uh, from the PW offices, but we're all recording now from remote locations for this. Um, but uh, I think we're all in New York City. Anyway, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the graphic novels review editor of Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at Comics Beat. Check us out on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. So, all Comic-Con all the time. Comic-Con... International, San Diego. <laughs> it's come and gone and left us exhausted, as usual. Yeah, well, let's see. We're, we're laying here spent having cigarettes, I would imagine. Mm. <laughs> another, Pretty much. Another con- convention consummated. Yeah, it was, it's over. Long time anticipation, and then it all goes happens so quickly. Yes, it does, like, like so many things in life. But you know yeah. what? Uh, you know what? I don't get as excited and giddy as I maybe did 20 years ago. But, you know, once I'm in the flow of it, you know, it's pretty cool. Now, is that <laughs> us or is that Comic-Con, Calvin? Uh, you know, I think it's Comic-Con. Maybe some of us, too. But Comic-Con, I mean, Comic-Con was a monster. I think I first started going, and I should say it wasn't 20 years ago. I first started going, it was probably about 17. I think I started 98. But it was a monster affair, but you know what? It's become an even bigger monster. Yeah, but you know what? I think really the headline uh, for uh, Comic-Con this year was Comic-Con calms down, you know? I mean, even our own story for PW, there was no one who was saying, oh, my God, what a great year, what an amazing year. You know, literally the word on the street was, uh, you know what? It was kind of... Yeah, business is normal, uh, maybe a little slower even. They actually said there, was, there were yeah. fewer people this year. Well, that's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I heard, I asked and heard from a number of exhibitors that they, they sort of felt that, you know, that the the floor, there, was, there were a lot of people, but the floor, there didn't seem the usual frenzy, especially on preview night, which had right. become like a stampede. Right, right, right. I mean, I was only there for a little while, but it it, it didn't, you know, it, it. I didn't notice any stampede. No, I didn't no, really no, no. notice any stampedes anywhere, any time at the whole show. I got to be brutally honest. No. You know, well, maybe out on the street. You know, there were some log jams out on the street. Yes. More maybe. Well, I do think you Saturday. Almost sound like you're regretting the lack <laughs> of of log jams and you know. Stampedes. Well, you know, well, Kate, you know, it's human nature to every year say, "Oh my God, it just got bigger and bigger." I mean, you know, that's been the narrative about San Diego Comic Con for so long that for us to be, you know, it's just it's, yeah. it's a change. It's just a change. You know, if we were to say, you know, like you've been to New York Comic Con and you know that it is it dangerously crowded, dangerously overcrowded. And, uh, you know, we don't it's, – it's unpleasantly so. You know, the big secret – this is a terrible secret uh, revealed here for the first time is when people complain about Comic-Con being too big, they secretly like it, okay? <laughs> so uh, I, I, when it slowed down a little. That when I complain about New York Comic-Con being too crowded – I don't secretly like it. No, 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 no. It having that many people, <laughs> right. but I wish it were less, uh, had more space for them. Well, I uh, no, I think when people complain about New York Comic Con being too crowded, they mean it. I think when people <laughs> complain about San Diego Comic Con being too crowded, 
they secretly enjoy it. Well, oh. it's supposed to be the granddaddy, and people want it to stay at that. Well, I will say this. When, uh, preview night, a, a, a couple of years, seemed to me almost as crowded as Saturday. Right. But Saturday, I think, returned to its prominence as the most crowded day. I mean, I were there were vast stretches of the floor that you you were wading through like quicksand. Yeah. So, um, so you know, we we've returned to the normal order of things now. In some ways, uh, a normal level of of insanity yes. instead of the extreme insanity it had become. Yeah, and I, um, I think that's a fair that's a fair way to look at it. And uh, uh, you know, technology. I mean, well, uh, adding yeah. to it. Helping? Well, obviously they want they added RFID, you yeah. know, cut down on um, on counterfeiting, and guess what? They cut down on counterfeiting. They did tap in, <laughs> tap out. Um, pretty easy to do, and you know what? It it, it, it clearly must have made a difference. It really, yeah, it seems to. Now that's a, you know, there's a couple reasons for it. Well, there's, there's, you know, like the two reasons that everyone cited, including our own story, was that the RFID cut down. Now, I heard numbers of ten to fifteen thousand. Mm. You know, I don't know if that's true, but these are numbers that I heard. I heard uh, other people mention that too. I mean, I didn't get an official confirmation, but uh, th- that number was floating around. Right, right, definitely floating around. Um, so, uh, you, you, that was for sure, you know, the number of activations outside was another one that was frequently cited, uh, that there were, and you know, you know, despite all the claims that it got, uh, smaller this year, I have to say, I think there were more activations, more elaborate activations and better done activations outside. I mean, you know, by activations, I mean, uh, offsites. Yeah. Offsite but, events. You yeah. know, mm. yeah. But I mean, like they had this amazing South Park display. You yes. Know, yes. That's true. Great things about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Robot display was supposed to be really cl- cool, and so there was some pretty impressive off-sites. Uh, that said... Um, and the back that- of the convention center is becoming more literally... Like, I know in the past you've re- uh, described Comic-Con as a circus, but the back of the convention center is quite literally becoming... I- I'm waiting for them to put up a, uh, you know, a, a, a well, there, main tent in a... In well, a there few- was a carnival. There it was, was a, a carnival. Yes, it was, it was a, a literal carnival. complete carnival. Yeah, I, so, I was looking for the bearded lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But anyway, those are really good. You know, the other thing is I think probably the one that's more germane to what people are saying is that there weren't any Twilights. You know, the movie content is way down. Yes. Uh, Twilight is the one that really got people all head up about it. Good point. Uh, There was no Twilight. And, you know... Guess what? People just weren't. It wasn't a matter of life and death. You know, I, I hesitate even saying that since somebody did die while lying and standing in line for to see Twilight. You know, but the reality is, uh, it it wasn't as pa- you know. There were some good things, and only you could walk into Hall H. That's all, what I was pretty about much to all say. day That's Thursday and from numerous sources that you could just go there in the morning and walk right in. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. That hasn't happened in years. No, it hasn't. I mean, there would be select times that you sure. could do it, but it wasn't, uh, you know, just a a regular uh, occurrence as so it was this year. Do you think they had some kind of uh, better organization, or is it just that it was less appealing? I think. Well, there. Go oh, on, go on, go Calvin. On, I, well, so, no, there's far fewer movie. There's yeah. far fewer movies. Period. You know, yeah, the, the end. The studios have stepped back a little bit. Yeah. And next year they're going to step back even more because uh, Disney is doing its uh, Star Wars celebration the weekend before, and they'll have all the Star Wars and Marvel. You know, Marvel had a huge panel this year. There will not be at Comic Con next year. There'll be at Celebration at uh, Dis D twenty three. Yeah. Well, so I mean, well, the, the thing the, is that um, 
at New York Comic Con, we almost never get any movies, but we do get television, and television packs our equivalent of a Hall 8 pretty well. Well, that is true, but this is something else I've been observing, is that, um, you know, what was the last big TV hit, Kate? For, for fans or in general? For in general, in general, for fans. For fans. In general. For fans in general. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, when did well, that come well, out? Well, nothing tops Game of Thrones, because yeah, that's but, a, a mega hit. And when did that come out? Well, it came out a few years ago. Nothing's on that level. Right. Um, I would say that the various DC TV shows could definitely probably pack a haul. Okay, there you if go. You, if you brought in whichever incarnation of Doctor Who you've got, that could pack a haul. Right. But, you know, well, that's interesting that you say that, because I feel that... Um, that the DC stuff is new. That's definitely a new phenomenon. You know, yeah. I mean, Arrow's well, been out of shows, I mean, but, but it, this year. Yeah, but it really just got big recently, you know. But the rest of these are like Game of Thrones. This was the sixth season. You know, Walking Dead's also in the sixth, mm-hmm. sixth season. You know, like I heard people saying Mr. Robot is awesome. That seems to be a show that's getting this kind of cult following. Uh, but, you know, they're, you know what? There hasn't yeah. been as much super hot TV yeah. as, as there was. You know the biggest TV thing going on in uh, at, in San Diego that is that I could make out was Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he was he, <laughs> he was, was he was there every night with a live show, well, and he draped on every building. Yeah, but well, I would say we're, uh, Steven Universe has just gotten enormous. Yes, that's I mean, true. world eating. Yes, and every- everyone's looking for the next Adventure Time, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if the next like crazed fan following is for something animated. Right. I I agree with that. But I, I think, you know, this is something, uh, the things that are big just aren't as big anymore. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. everything is so spread out now. Really, there's a lot yeah. more shows. But hey, guess uh, what? I will say that I do think that Star Wars is unsurprisingly right. sucking some oxygen out of the room. I agree. Financially, because, yeah. you know, yeah. But guess what? So because of this, maybe, whatever, whatever for whatever reason, the sort of step back from the film and TV industry is, um, you know what? Those of us in the media that actually cover publishing at Comic-Con, um, there was a lot to talk about. There was a lot. There wasn't as much comics news, I didn't think, but I thought that what there was was presented very well. And, yes. um you know, it kind of got its due. I mean, I was joking about this with some people just on on Thursday, you know, when it started. But I felt like, you know, Marvel had this uh, big Captain America statue. And, you know, <laughs> yes, DC there's had this, that. This, DC <laughs> had this kind of, I mean, DC had this um, invisible plane. And, you know, both of those were a bit disappointing. But I felt like they were getting a lot of attention, you know. Yeah. I felt like the spectacle that comics was putting on was at least getting some of the attention. So yeah, yeah, and 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 obviously uh, Heidi and I were we were at both of the uh, DC breakfasts, and you can argue about DC, but uh, you know I was glad to be there. I was glad to hear what they totally. had to say. Right. Um, uh, it was interesting to see uh, how they're. Uh, you know what? I was I was sort of impressed with the candor um, of. Uh, DC, particularly the two co-publishers were there, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee, um, particularly in regards to Vertigo. Right. I mean, they were sort of acknowledging that they they got a problem, mm-hmm. that Image was that problem, uh, and uh, they were trying to challenge it. Right. Well, I mean... They didn't they, hide it. I mean, I guess right. there's no reason they, yeah. they can't I mean, hide it. Yeah, they can't hide it, you know, but uh, I mean, I agree. They were being quite candid and, uh, about it, and that's a good thing. So, um... Um, 
yeah, and I mean there was uh, that was a great event. You know, I felt like there was more press opportunities. I mean, I've complained many times at Comic Con about how you don't have uh, press opportunities, and uh, you know, finally they listen to me, as they always do. It takes them a few years, but finally they say Heidi was right. She was right. <laughs> and uh, I know that's how I usually work with Heidi. Yeah, I, I, I know, right? <laughs> it takes but me a couple times. It does. It takes a few times to listen and learn. But uh, you know, like I mean, we did spend most of our time running around doing podcast interviews. You yes. know, there were a lot of great press opportunities. Uh, Calvin, we both got to talk to Margaret Atwood. That was pretty. Yes, that was a great. That, that was, was great. Uh, you know, I got to talk to William and, Gibson mm. and uh, and Grant Morrison. I, I just want to mention her collaborator, uh, Johnny Christmas, the artist that worked on her book, Angel Catbird. Uh, nice guy. Um, they really gave us a lot of time. They did. And um, oh, and the 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 young woman who um, is oh, publishing. Oh, oh, yes. She was terrific too. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. I love she's her. Editing she's editing that she's volume. She's really very secret loves yeah. of geek girls coming yeah, from dark. She's really smart and with it and yes, uh, got it covered, yeah. So that was really great. But yes, William Gibson, um Heidi did a great interview. Uh, uh I got a chance to talk with Brian Lee O'Malley. Um he mm-hmm. gave, talked yeah. about Snot Girl and Worse World his new uh, new because uh, he's only he's only writing Snot Girl and he's right. doing it with Leslie Hung the artist, um, but he's uh, he's got a new three book series that he's going to be publishing through Random House. Right. So that's you know in the next few years. So that was exciting. Um, oh, and I got a chance to talk with John Jennings and uh, Damian Duffy about the graphic novel adaptation of Kindred of Octavia Butler's classic um, time travel to slavery novel that's coming out from Abrams in January. So that was exciting. Right, right. And uh, I talked to Grant Morrison. Uh, yes. You know, he's continuing his uh, relationship with Liquid Comics and continuing to work on those. And, you know, as with usual, Grant wandered over some other subjects. And uh, they announced his TV show. He didn't talk about it with me specifically, but, you know, they're continuing to have a uh, developed Sinestero, a, a uh, concept that they've been working on for a little while. And... Um, you know, but that's great. That's always a pleasure. I mean, I was sort of like, like, I think the fact that there wasn't all this, you know, oh, my God, George Clooney just walked in with Angelina Jolie and, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, and uh, you know, Walter White was with them, you know. Uh, I they think did have that, the Black Panther cast there, though. They did have the Black No, well, Marvel and DC put yeah. on, Warner Brothers and DC put Suicides, on really spectacular yeah. panels. No question about it. They ruled the con, you know, but it was one day. Yes, you know? true. It Absolutely. Was one day. It was, it was different. It was different. It was yeah. definitely different. And, you know, I think that really enabled uh, people like us who do go primarily for the comics to really enjoy, um, you know, Enjoy the comics part of Comic-Con. Yeah, well, Comic-Con is a publishing event. It's kind of been forgotten that, yes, yes, America, just publishing there. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, let's, and let, just want to mention, I also had a chance to uh, talk with um, uh, Gene Yang about the, the, the latest volume in his Secret Coder series. Always a pleasure to talk with Gene Yang, the uh, author of American Born Chinese, two-time National Book Award nominee, uh, I also talk with M.K. Reed, the, the, the writer, um, <clears throat> who's writing one of the volumes in um, First Seconds uh, science comic series that has really blown up since they um, – Dinosaurs. She's yes. The dinosaurs they re- this thing, they've, they've released four, and there's something like 18 more to come. Uh, wow. Foreign rights have blown up on the thing. Uh, believe me, Mark Siegel, who's the editorial director uh, for a second, is, was, is giddy about how successful 
this series, um, Science Comics for Kids, is. So, right. uh, new trend uh, blowing up right in front, in front of our eyes. Yeah, that was one thing I was sad about. I never really got to get over into the publishing area, you know? I mean, I stuck – there was sort of a few – New realignment. Uh, we wrote about that in the previous yes, story yeah. about how Fanta took over top shelf sold space and paper cuts took over Fanta's. You know, that doesn't really mean anything. It's just that Comic Con's been going on for so long, exactly the same. So and any some of tiny, us been going for so long, yeah. <laughs> any, any tiny change like that is like, oh my god, oh what's happening? Yeah, but <laughs> as as a matter of fact, I got to. Uh, I also interviewed uh, Fanta Graphics publisher Gary Groth in their new space on the floor um, about the uh, Fantagraphics 40-year anniversary coming up this year. And we told you so, the the uh, <laughs> only Fantagraphics, uh, the, um, the title of their 40th anniversary volume that will be out in the fall. Yes. So, yes, and Gary was being Gary, so... Well, always uh, amusing. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, and challenging. So, yes... Um, so lots of great I- exclusive interviews. Go over to publishersweekly.com slash comics and you can uh, listen to them on the website or go to iTunes. And read them. Now, did you follow along at home, Kate? Did I follow along at home? Well, yes, I was the one putting up all of these podcast interviews. That's right. So that's right. I but along but along. were you following along with all the other breaking news? Because, you know, when you're at Comic-Con, when you're in the belly of the beast, it's really hard to to get a grasp of what's happening. It's really only from afar that you can get a sense of what's going on. Well, I have to say, this year I felt massive apathy toward Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Not toward comics, <laughs> but toward Comic-Con, because 98% of any time you click on a post that says San Diego Comic-Con on it, it either is like, it's an announcement that you heard three months ago, but it's official now. Right. Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, and you're like, yeah, no. Or uh, it's like 40 million more pictures of people in cosplay, which, I mean, I love cosplay. I post any number of cosplay pictures myself. But you're just like, oh, look, it's John Barrowman and Squirrel Girl. And oh, don't like, remind <laughs> me. Yeah. Don't remind me. Let's, we, at some point, let's, we'll have to talk about the Eisner's. Yeah, let's talk about the Eisner's. But you know what? Uh, but, you know, I, we... mean, I guess it's just meant like it's very, so hard to filter, right. even for someone as involved as I am, to filter out the actual news or to right. find any actual news that yeah. I've kind of given up. Mm-hmm. Well, there was less like massive massive news this year in comics you know there was some you know i mean calvin you broke the story about how idw is doing the it's alive imprint and yes paper cuts is launching a a girl's imprint and charms yeah Um, charms and and you know i mean i think the biggest news really from from my standpoint as a longtime industry observer was at um was at the DC breakfast when DC said that they sell, you know, more of their revenues from graphic novels than from periodicals. Yes, yes. That's um, pretty huge. And, and, and believe me, unsolicited, uh, the deal just started talking about it. Yeah, right. um, uh, that was pretty in- impressive. They, he said, yeah, yeah, we're talking about periodicals. But the real news is that, you know, all the, our biggest sales growth is coming uh, in the book channel. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> sort of su- surprise it's, scoop. Well, I mean, I feel like it's been coming, but it's astonishing to hear that it's here. Yeah. Well, well, I I tell you this. I mean, my own take from this is that, yeah, there wasn't a lot of big news. There certainly were some interesting books. And there was an optimism that I felt uh, on the floor about this business going forward. Look, we just, you know, hit a, uh, the comics industry just hit a billion dollar market. Um, 
you know, the run up to Comic-Con, just as Heidi was saying, was full of people announcing new imprints. One of the people uh, I talked to on the floor were uh, some of the new Lion Forge uh, hires. I mean, they hired about six people in the run up to Comic-Con, including our old friend Rich Johnson, former VP of DC, who is now a VP of the book trade at Lion Forge, Joe Illich. Um, formerly with Milestones. Uh, he's a comics writer as well. He's their new senior editor. My, uh, Mark Smiley from mm-hmm. Arcade, yeah. who launched that house, mm-hmm. is now, um, I forget his title there. What is he, executive editor or something there now? It might be like that or cre- creative officer, that kind of thing. Yeah, thing. yeah. So they, uh, and according to Rich, and I, I talked to them on the floor while they were looking at portfolios there, they are, go- they are aiming to be a full-service publisher, they uh, intend, intend to ramp up. They have gotten a bunch of writers already that they've hired, and books are in progress, and there are going to be more announcements to come. So um, there really is a, a a sense of optimism about the business that they're coming out from the yeah. business side. Yeah, def- definitely. And, uh, you know, the optimism is in the, the face of actually some bad news. Uh, there was two pieces of bad news that broke during the show. One was that, uh, well, one wasn't really bad news, but, you know, Diamond had their year, mid-year stats, and, you know, sales are down 5%. That's true. That's and true. Uh, graphic novels are up a tad. Uh, periodicals are down a tad more. Uh, but they put a very honey-coated spin on it by saying, you know what, we're still t- up 10% from two years ago. And guess what? June was the biggest month since 1996. There you go. Now, I don't know how that can be, whereas the year is still down, but, you know, I, I don't run the True. numbers. Uh, yeah, so, um, it you probably know, means the other months were really, really bad. Actually. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, but we, Rebirth is doing its job, you know, Marvel. Yeah. Oh, boy, they were giddy about Rebirth. They really were. Um, you know, the new Marvel Civil War Two Marvel now twenty sixteen is also doing the job. Um, you know, image titles. Uh, I mean, you know, when we sit here and talk about it, it seems like there's a little bit of uh, stagnant, but I guess not. Not really. Uh, you know, the other piece of news was about uh, Hastings. That we've talked about that before yes. on the, on the yeah. books uh, on on the podcast. That Hastings, the third largest uh, bookstore chain. Uh, they had gone into bankruptcy. We're hoping to find a buyer, but they did not. They are going no. to be li- liquidated, and they owe uh, Diamond quite a bit of money. I think it was $2 million. And not yeah. only do they owe Diamond money, but probably all those Diamond books sitting on their shelves are going to get liquidated. Absolutely. Oh, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And now, it all goes down. Now, did you talk to anyone about Hastings, Calvin? Or I have not. And, you know, unfortunately, that's not – that. well, not fortunately or unfortunately. It's not really my beat. Actually, my boss has been on that beat. Um, so I haven't really pursued it because basically I've been trying to get this coverage together for, from, uh, from San Diego, but I can check into it for sure. Well, I was going to say, I talked to people about Hastings at San Diego just a little Mm -hmm. bit and, uh, you know, just to get with it and, you know, no one was jumping for joy, but, uh, and you know, I've gotten pretty good at reading the signs. I mean, nobody seemed to be freaking out about it either. I mean, Diamond was certainly putting a brave face on it, uh, even when asked about it directly. And they seem to, you know, I mean, I think it's a pretty big loss, uh, but I think that uh, they were kind of, braced for it in a way. I think that after Borders, they were kind of like never put so many eggs in one basket again. So, um, so, you know, but that's just an impression. I mean, that definitely... Uh, should have, uh, you know, definitely well, something. What's, what's going to be interesting, obviously, is to see what happens to those uh, spaces and the leases to the spaces. Um, yes. To see whether uh, local independents take it over or what what happens. Right. Um, right. 
Um, Sally's Beauty Supply buys it. Um, yes. Or, yes, or that well, is what yeah, and, and, and I think I wrote this in one of my pieces about Hastings, but, uh, you, you know, this has really been proven uh, as one retailer was pointing out to me that when an outlet like Hastings closes, because a lot of their uh, stores were in third, you know, tertiary markets uh, that were very far from other comic shops or other bookstores. And unfortunately, once a store like that closes, a lot of their readers, customers just stop reading. You know, they stop buying the stuff. They don't, you know, there's no other yeah, place until there's to go. a new bookstore. Right, right. Yeah. Because they're so, bookstore people. Yeah. Like, so, I, I mean, oh, for on. example, my grandmother would have no idea how to buy books online without yeah. help. My grandma would, but anyway. <laughs> okay. but, you know. um, yeah. I wanted to ask Heidi, what did you, what did you think of uh, Gerard Way and the um, presentation about Young Animal? The well, new, uh, uh, you know, DC yes, you know, I, I've said, I think I've said this on the podcast before, uh, and you know, God love her. Uh, it's really not fair. But if uh, Shelley Bond had sat there and made the same announcements, everyone would be yawning. You know, <laughs> I mean, the fact that Gerard made it and Jamie Rich made it, it looks like change, and now people are excited. Well, but see, the thing is, I don't think that's entirely irrational, because if you hear a certain announcement from somebody whose management style you've already seen. You kind of know what a Shelley Bond comic is going to look like. Um, she, you know, whereas if you have um, a new crew in there, they may run things differently. The results mm-hmm. you get may be different. It's it's a reasonable thing for people to be excited about again. Right. Well, and, and, oh, go on, Calvin. Sorry. Well, I just think they seem to be overly impressed with their little um, cover tricks and promotional marketing things. I, I mean, obviously, I want to see the books. Um, you know, they seem... Mildly interesting, but well, they I, did give away uh, ash can in that bag, you know. Yes, they did. What yeah. did you do with your towel, Calvin? Hey, it's in my it's in my towel pile. All right, <laughs> did you have a towel pile? Well, you know, and I have a linen closet in there. Oh, so Calvin, but if you if you don't want that towel for whatever, okay, I think you guys need to explain this towel. First, the the towel is a really cool towel. It's a beach towel with one of the uh, what Doom Patrol characters on it. Flexman Tallow. Yeah. Oh, Flexman Tallow. That's where you go. So yeah, no, it's a cool, very cool towel. And no, no I'm not giving it Frank, to you. What, Frank, <laughs> no, I have one. I don't want one. I'm just saying. If you want to part with that towel, I don't. Okay, there's. I, want the towel. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. Like I mentioned it on the beat, and I had literally people I've never heard from before saying, "Do you want to sell the towel?" Yes, it's a really cool towel. No, believe me. That's I said. The little knickknacks were very cool, and the yeah. you know peeling off cover and that stuff. You know. Yeah. It's well, all they nice. had. You're right. Well, they had ash cans in there, so I haven't had a chance to read them yet. But yeah, yeah I haven't either. Now that I'm at home and relaxing, so. <coughs> but me. but but you know what? Listen, I don't know. Is it the second coming of Vertigo? Probably not. But is it a fresh new spin? Yes. And you know what? That's what the market needs. And guess yeah, what? Absolutely. Gerard Way seemed to be really uh, very personable front man yes. for it. And uh, you know what? He's the right man in the right time, the right place. Yeah, and it's obviously drawn a lot of attention to it, and that's what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, to be fair, Vertigo wasn't even Vertigo when it started. No, that's right. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, these yeah. kind of things, they take a few years to shake out before you see what they're really like and, you know, whether they're really worth anything. So who knows? You know, maybe maybe this is just a rebranding. Maybe this is, you know, something really new and different. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, but at the same time, I mean, you know, it is completely fa- based on, and by way himself would agree, that it is... 
uh, in the spirit of the original Vertigo. I mean, this is kind of like Roots Vertigo, you know? Right. It's going back yeah. to Doom Patrol and Shade. I mean, some of the books that, that mm-hmm. Vertigo went with. And, you know, guess what? That was nearly 30 years ago. So, yeah. or a good 25 years ago. So, you know, I'm curious to see what some of the newer... Uh, yeah. Well, actually, that's one of the interviewers, uh, uh, Cecil Castellucci, who's uh, doing a shade, the changing girl, girl now. Yeah. So there is an interview with her too. Right. Always a delight to talk with her. Oh, well, you know, I thought that you know, and even from afar, Kate, you might have noticed this. I uh, that that women really ruled Comic Con. Oh well, yes, we need usual. to make sure of that. Yes, we need to make sure. I mean, that that's frankly, enough. you wouldn't know it from our interviews. Uh, right. You know, you're right. Yeah, sad to say. Uh, but you, where you will know it is if you look at uh, – we also have photographs, our photomania up. You will, you will definitely notice there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see. There were a fair number of women on the panels that I was on at uh, Comic-Con also. Right. Yeah. Well, I think um, it was also just that uh, you know Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn were huge. Oh, at the show. Uh, I mean Harley Quinn was really huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you couldn't spit without that, hitting Harley. Daddy's little monster t-shirt was everywhere. Yes. Exactly. Everywhere. Well, it's the world's easiest cosplay. Yes, Boy, it say. is. Pretty man, much. Oh, man. Yeah. They was everywhere. Um uh and certainly um the uh when we need to get to the Eisners cuz that that certainly had a a woman spin on it there right, with, uh, right. with Linda Berry being voted in certainly one of the huge cheers roars of the evening was when yes. Linda Berry Absolutely. was inducted into the uh Will Eisner Hall of Fame uh followed by her good friend Matt Groening right um, I uh, think this is the first year there was two female cartoonists uh indu- inducted into the Ohio Hall of Fame in the same year yeah. so that's kind of cool that yeah. was uh well, I have to say, this, I feel like this is one of those cases where any time women get more than just even a tiny percent, once women hit 20%, people are like, it's dominated by oh, women. Oh, I, I agree. But I will say that among attendees, it was 50-50. I mean, well, I'd, yeah. hard, oh, yeah. I'd be, I mean, it's been that way for a while, but I mean, yeah, it's really that hard is, to it's right and natural. That it's, yeah, that it, yeah, that it's more than that. But, uh, you know, I would say the three stars of the con were definitely Wonder Woman. Harley Quinn and Margaret Atwood. Yes, yes, without a doubt. Without uh, maybe a, doubt. a little bit of Benedict Cumberbatch thrown in. <laughs> well, since we brought up Eisner's, I mean, certainly one oh, yes. of the high moments of the Eisner's was um, John Lewis, Andrew Iden, and Nate Powell taking home uh, the Eisner's for essentially for the nonfiction mm-hmm. work of the year for March Book Two. Um, that was a that was a bracing moment there. They were yeah. surprise presenters as well, so they got a standing yeah. ovation for that. Right, right, very. And cool. John Lewis literally sprinted to the stage when his name when they when the, they were named winners. Very excited. So it was really cool. Yeah. Um, now, John, yeah. there were some other moments. One of them I can really only say on this podcast. So, but uh, yeah, you know, the, it was hosted by John Barrowman. Oh, uh, kind of a controversial choice, I think. I thought. Look, I thought that was really awful. I, I mean, what, what you know, so whatever. Awful? Tell me. Berryman. Barrowman. In every way. Okay. <laughs> that's just Tell me. Tell us why. I didn't, like, I didn't like the Squirrel Girls. I didn't like his whole thing. But that's just me. Well, I don't know what other people thought. The thing is, for those of us who weren't there, what was his thing? Well, I just found his act infantile, um, s- stupid, and unfunny. Uh, I'm all do? for silliness. Well, mostly he he pranced around in a squirrel girl costume, which I assume, you know, I guess maybe somebody thought was amusing. And then he wore a dress too. I think it was like yeah. a Captain Marvel dress or something. Yeah. Oh, and then yes. you know, he, listen, he Look, makes it's a not lot. Not the cosplay that that I object to. It's just that I don't find him funny. 
Uh, well, you know, he Barrowman, uh, I'll say this about him. He is uh, out, and he's been out for a while. And, uh, many, you know, many years. many, many years. He's certainly not shy about it. And, you know, he continues to work, and that's really cool. And, you know, he yeah. doesn't always pay, play gay roles, and that's kind of cool also. Yeah, and, that's fine. Uh, and he's very campy, okay? He's very he's super campy. He makes a lot of gay jokes and, you know, double entendres, basically. Not even gay, just double entendres. Yeah, yeah. And, endless and, double entendres. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, he's shaking his butt and twerking. And, you know, I think when he does it, I think we were, were talking about it, but I think when he does it for fans, they love it. They think, uh, you know, it's fun and they're Barrow fans and they get it. I think at the Eisners, which is a little bit, little bit more gravitas, it was yes. a little bit out of place. I thought so, too. So he was sort of making it about himself, not the awards as much? Yes. There you go. It's the perfect way. No, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, so, he, he was making fun of himself the whole time. Yes. You he know, was, he, not, it was all not, about not him. It was all about him. But you know? I just didn't find it entertaining. That's all. I mean, you know, the old fogey once again. Um, but but that's it. Well, you know, yeah. it but, didn't but, interfere with the evening at all. Well, well, I'll tell you though, this is and this is an ongoing thing. You know, like the Eisners are kind of a mix of comics people, and now increasingly kind of some nerd celebrity types. Uh, you know, sci-fi sends some some little people over to do it, and and uh, they send like the cast of Winona Earp was there, and that was cool because mm-hmm. Bo Smith came out, the creator of Winona Earp, but then. They sent these two lads, very handsome, nice-looking lads, out to present an award, <laughs> and I don't know their names. I have never heard of them. I don't know what show they were on, so it's kind of anonymous so I can tell this story. Uh, and uh, they're, they got the toughest categories. They got uh, foreign best presentation of foreign material. Oh, who and the, the guy who couldn't say anybody's no. name? Well, the first guy did the Japanese ones, and he nailed oh. it. He nailed mm-hmm. it. He was doing it just with the proper intonations, and obviously he had studied Japanese or been to Japan or mm-hmm. owned up or something, okay, because he was almost too proper. And then the second guy, oh, like, he was... was Europe. But, but Calvin, let me tell the story. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, you're just reminding me of it I know, now. but I it was so funny because, because you, you know, as he read them, it got worse and worse. And then he came to this one. You can read it on the screen. Okay, so as it came up, it said like Lafcadio Hearn, The Wishing Well, The Macabre Tales. And like, you know, people can read it and they're just cringing. They're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And he starts out, he's like, Lacedocio Hearn. And then as he gets to the word macabre, the whole room is on the edge of its seat and he goes, The ma- ma- Macabre Tales. And the whole room went, oh. And- Started yelling, macabre, macabre. And I mean, you know, he survived. I don't, I mean, that would just, and you know. And this is his native language. I know. He and has I, no it excuse. was bad. But they said, I mean, just the whole room gasped. The whole room gasped. And, you know, I think they send people to the Eisners just as training. I mean, they will never, you know, like if you're going to do uh, an award show, know how to speak English. I can't believe some of these presenters don't sit down before the show and just go over the names they have to say. Really Aren't these should. people like they're they're like professional actors? Most of them, or some of them, anyway. Uh, doesn't lie. Isn't I? From my understanding, it that some of the uh, presenters and the packaging here is all is being driven by Lionsgate in their deal about Comic Con HQ. Well, these guys were from Sci-Fi, I believe. So it had yeah. to do with Lionsgate. I mean, well, Berriman, I think, was from Lionsgate. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Well, yes. no, actually, I can tell you where Lionsgate Li- yeah. was from. Berriman 
uh, has a major recurring role in the uh, DC television universe mm -hmm. as uh -huh. one of the major morally ambiguous quasi-villains. I see. So, you know, I mean, he, he has a big current role in comic book television, yeah. so I can see why they were like, oh, he's involved in comic booky stuff right now, and brought him in. Right. That's well, uh, you know, uh, they're definitely getting, uh, you know, inching towards more of a celebrity presence. But, you know, they resist. It's not like it happens that much, you know. Like, they also had Phil Lamar come out at the end with Barrowman, and that made it bearable. You know, Barrowman's been there before, and he was very funny and charming. But, but you know, it needs to be leavened. It shouldn't. It's just like, you know, it's too much of anything. Uh, even love it, it can yeah. be dangerous. As uh, Where was Jonathan said. Ross when we well, really needed Well, I mean, him. I would watch him do anything. There of are course. some people. And, you know, I saw uh, – I went to Hall H and saw Conan O'Brien. I mean, you know, w this is what might be really shocking, but a uh, big big reveal. You know, Conan O'Brien is absolutely hilarious, the best host ever. I mean, the guy's ad-libs. I mean, he's great. He's just great. Yeah. He's just such a pleasure. And the next day, I, uh, you know, we haven't even – you know you know what? We lied. I lied. I lied. I lied. Women were not the biggest thing at Comic-Con. The biggest thing at Comic-Con was Pokemon Go. Okay. <laughs> and uh, there was a big panel on Sunday that I went to. I got out of a sick bed to go to because I heard they're going to be dropping a Mew, a uh, legendary epic Mew. Uh, did not happen. Uh, big disappointment. The crowd almost rioted, really, but not really. <laughs> did not. But but anyway, Chris Hardwick moderated that panel, and you know what? That guy's pretty funny. Yeah, he is pretty funny. I used to watch him on uh, Attack of the Show, weirdly. Yeah. After the, yeah. Uh, but they also, the, the, was it, this wasn't the um, – because the, the Pokemon – uh, manga creators were there. That's right. It was, yes. On the manga side. Yes. yes. Um, but quickly, look, can, let me just go over some of the um, Eisner winners um, beside John Lewis. Um, uh, let's see. What do we have here? Uh, um, Noelle Stevenson, actually. Nimona won for the best graphic novel reprint. I really think that they need to do something about this reprint business. All right. I think, that's, I think it's a really mistake to call a book that's only had some serialization, a reprint, but that's just my thing. Uh, ben Hackey's Little, Rob, uh, Little Robart uh, won uh, the Eisner for the best early reader, reader, readers. Jillian Tamaki, Super Mutant uh, Magic Academy, uh, best publication for teens. Uh, Shigeru Mizuki won for uh, um, International Material Asia. Let's see. Um, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba won for the best um, adaptation for Two Brothers. Right. Um, let's see what. Uh, oh, and is there, isn't there a isn't there a whole list of all the winners posted on the site? Yes, there. Well, there is. We have a story about the Eisner's winners posted on the site, and a link within that story to the full uh -huh. list of winners on the San Diego Comic Con right. site. So you can go there and get the full list. Okay, cool. All right, but uh, just wanted to mention some of the uh, highlights for uh, one of the great award ceremonies in popular culture. Right. Okay, where are we now? Did I? We talk about manga a little bit. Uh, well, uh, we no, didn't really. No, Deb had an excellent story about she, manga. She did indeed. Um, uh, as we, as we mentioned, um, Pokemon was there. I, well, you know, um, they also uh, had a panel for this new All Star anthology of, of Attack on Titan. Oh right, yes. It's done by uh, an incredible Pokemon. group of American um, Western artists. Um, I think Paul Pope is doing it. Um, what else? Um, do do uh, Phil him uh, Phil Jimenez? Um, I think Ron Wimberly is doing something. So there was a panel on that. I actually really am looking forward to seeing that book. 
Uh, Kodansha is apparently releasing a new edition of Ghost in the Shell to coincide with the uh, the film version that's coming out with Scarlett Johansson. Um, and let's see, Udon is doing more of its uh, classic manga stuff and, you know, adaptations of classic literature. And let's see, uh, I think that's kind of, uh, that's the um, the gist of it. You can go to publishersweekly.com slash, conscious, uh, slash comics and see Deb Aoki's story there that uh, will bring you all up to date on manga at um, New York Comic Con. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, bottom line was not, not the world's most groundbreaking Comic Con, but certainly, I mean, for me, I actually had a really good time. I mean, maybe because it wasn't so stressful, you know, but uh, I had a good time and, um, you know, nobody got hurt. I mean, the security was very high this year because there mm. were worries. Yes. Uh, but no one, no one was injured. There were. I, I heard a baby was born, but in the Hyatt. Oh, really? I don't know why <laughs> be hanging out in the Hyatt? I don't know. But, uh, you know, life went on. Life continued. Oh, one more note on on uh, the manga side that might be of interest to people. Um, Stu Levy and and Tokyo Pop are creeping back into the the spotlight. They they also uh I think they were a part of a big um manga roundup panel and they um they also announced the first um well not the first but a continuing series of Disney um adaptation manga adaptations of Disney properties and I think the the one that they announced now with Beauty and the Beast one one telling the story from the beauty side and one telling the story from the beast side. So Yes. Stu Levy returns. Yeah, and you know, that's very, very disturbing. (laughs) Very troubling. I like Stu, so so I'm not troubled by it. I want to see him come back. Is it the Disney take on Beauty and the Beast? Or is it like a, you know, their own copyright free? It's Disney. Disney. Well, then why is Disney going through Stu? Why Uh, isn't Disney going through Marvel? Because he's good at what he does. I don't understand it either, but you're right about that. It is a little perplexing, but that's that's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's got he's got some of the Disney licenses, and he's working on part of it. Yeah, and there's more to come. Well, I can't so, blame anyone for trying to snap up Disney money. Exactly. I, I'm just uh, astonished that he can. Yeah. Well, you know, there you go. He's yeah. uh yeah. He's like a manga well, you know, zombie. Yeah, you know, there's him. a sucker born every minute. So you know, <laughs> you I mean, I I know. Listen, you know, I like Stu too. Uh, he made a hash of it with Tokyo Pop the first time and uh, ripped off a lot of people and uh, made and a lot of mistakes. changed the whole manga publishing, American publishing scene at the same yeah, time. Yes, he, he did all well, of that. No, no, not at the same time. First he changed the well, manga Well, first he changed the manga scene. Then, then, uh, then he started making bad, a lot yeah. of move, bad moves that left a lot of people yeah. really burned. Okay, Absolutely. And I, you know what? I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but a lot yeah. of people got burned. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, we haven't heard the last of them, that's for sure. No, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, so um, have we left anything out of our uh, giant pop culture smorgasbord? Well, uh, I'd like to mention just a quick plug for what I was doing this weekend. Yes! yes. <laughs> I was part of the whole Takarazuka extravaganza. Right! As they invaded uh, New York City. Oh, cool. And uh, brought sort of attendant nightclub acts with them. Yeah, Expand on it more for our, our listeners okay. who may not so, heard it. I, mean, I think I may have mentioned this in previous podcast mm-hmm. listeners, but I'll go through it real quick. Um, a over 100-year-old tradition in Japan is the uh, Takarazuka Review, which is a theater company that has five theater troupes 
um, mostly putting on musicals such as you'd see on Broadway, only much more Japanese and sparkly, frequently based on manga. The only thing is that the entire cast is female, even the male roles. Oh, cool. Which is kind of a flip on um, no theater or kabuki theater, which are all male. Right. But, you know, Mm -hmm. Japan's used to gender-bending theater, so this was just like a new, more musical riff on that kind of thing. And so they do a whole bunch of musicals, some familiar to you and I, like Chicago, and some, you know, that they made up themselves and all kinds of things. And so they haven't been in the United States as a troupe since the uh, early 90s. And so they sent to Lincoln Center... Um, a troupe of their uh, former players, people who have moved on to other things, who got back together, got the band back together to do Chicago, and then they brought it to New York. And so, you know, all the fans were out in force. It was a lot of fun. And it's relevant to you, dear listeners, because, as I said, a lot of their musicals are based on famous manga. Ah. They just just did a uh, Rurouni Kenshin um, they've done Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which, by the way, is the only time you will see musical theater involving someone handing his glowing eyeball to someone else. <laughs> oh, Takarazuka. Sounds groundbreaking. So crazy. Uh, well, to be fair, it was in the original anime. Um, and uh, their biggest show is based on Rose of Versailles, which is then also kind of influenced by Takarazuka's gender-bending style, which influenced Rosa Versailles and influenced Osama Tezuka. And thus, by sort of trickling down the chain of influence, uh, influenced pretty much all shoujo manga, and, um, you know, especially like Magical Girl and so on, Mm -hmm. in style and in character type. And so uh, there will be more on this later, dear listeners, because I managed to get our very first, I think it's our first, foreign language translated interview. Oh, nice, Kate. Nice going. uh, Mitsuya now, who is a former Takarazuka player who had a major role in a uh, 1980s, I think, production of Rosa Versailles. And I'll also uh, be getting some expert commentary in from someone else because... This is part of the huge phenomenon that is Rosa Versailles. So we're going to have a special cool. Rosa Versailles special because it's finally coming to the United States in full translation in manga form. And uh, we don't want people to miss what a huge cultural phenomenon it has been in Japan. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Well done, Great. Kate. All right, Kate. Well, all right, um, all right. Well, another I, year down. Yeah, um, it's just it's an experience. Um, I'm glad I was there. I'm, glad <laughs> I'm I always was there glad. Too. You I'm know, always glad I'm there afterwards. There's, yeah, there's the macabre highs of John yeah. Barrow. <laughs> oh dear. To the uh, wonderful, you know, or the lows, I should say, the macabre lows of John Barrowman twerking to the wonderful highs of Margaret Atwood wearing cat ears. There you go. <laughs> that was which was pretty doggone impressive. I guess she earned her ridiculous cosplay by being Margaret Atwood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you there know. you go. I yeah. would agree. Well, you know what? We made it again, team, and uh, we survived. And you know what? We're looking forward to it again because there'll always be more to come. 